We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, Lakers Nation. Welcome in. Trevor Lane here for LakersNation.com. You can find me over on X at Trevor underscore Lane on Instagram and threads at Trevor Lane NBA. The trade deadline, well, depending on when you're watching or listening to this, is probably somewhere in the vicinity of about 24 hours away. Thursday, 3 o'clock Eastern time is the trade deadline. It could get crazy. Right now, things are pretty slow, though. I'm going to get into what exactly is going on around the trade deadline, what exactly it means for the Lakers, too. What if nothing happens for the Lakers? What will that mean for them in their future? I want to break down all of that on today's show. I also want to get into um, a little bit of news that came out yesterday, some, some stuff that we need to talk about, particularly for uh, for tomorrow, for the statue unveiling for Kobe Bryant and uh, in the game against the Denver Nuggets. So we need to get into some of that stuff as well. Also have a little personal note to finish off today's show with, so stick around for that. But before I dive into everything, first, a uh, quick reminder, everybody, do subscribe to the Lakers Nation YouTube channel. As news breaks, I am going to be all over it. I'm going to be breaking down everything, all everything through purple and gold lenses, anything that happens around the trade deadline. You can find it right there on the Lakers Nation YouTube channel. Turn on those notifications as well. That way you'll get notified as soon as we put out a new video. Uh, podcast subscriber, please make sure that you do give us a five-star rating and review over on Apple Podcasts. Sure would appreciate that. All right. Uh, oh, I also have a mailbag to get into today, too. So lots of stuff to talk about, but let's let's start here. The Black Mamba uniform is back, and I talked about this on the YouTube channel yesterday, but the Lakers, and I love the way they did this, yesterday at 8.24 a.m. on the dot, 8.24, they announced that on Thursday, the Lakers will indeed wear the Black Mamba uniforms. I'm really excited for this. I know a lot of Lakers fans, the response was like, yeah, we're excited, but you better not lose. We wish wish they weren't playing the Denver Nuggets that night. I wish they were playing like the Pistons or, or something that night because you can't go and lose in the Black Mamba uniforms. You know, it made me think back to game five in 2020. Of course, the infamous Danny Green missed three. He, he took way too much flack for that. Things got a little out of hand there, but um, they were wearing the black Mamba jersey. You could see how disappointed the players were that that shot didn't drop because that would have just been the storybook perfect finish to that game. Having them win on a buzzer beater in the black Mamba jerseys for the title, man, felt like everything was, was lined up, but they took care of business in the, the next game. No problem. They brought home the title, so no big deal. But 
Um, those Black Mamba jerseys, they are something special. And I'll tell you what, this is like this is my opinion. I am not, I'm far from a fashion expert. I'm definitely not. Um, just ask my wife, but I think these are these are the best jerseys in NBA history. That's that's my belief. I think these are the nicest looking jerseys we have ever seen in the NBA. This is my favorite jersey. I think this is the reason why I'm always a little bit underwhelmed when we get like the new, I don't even know what they're calling them at this point, the lore edition or the city edition or the icon or what, whatever it is, whatever the name is for it, the alternate jerseys, not the gold, not the white, not the purple, the new alternate jerseys that come out each year. I'm always a little bit underwhelmed and I think they've had some good ones, but I'm always a little bit underwhelmed. And that's because the bar is set so damn high. You just never, you're never going to top that. You're never going to top that jersey. It's gorgeous, and, and I'm thrilled that the Lakers are going to honor Kobe by wearing that jer jersey on Thursday. Again, it's my favorite. You may disagree. It might not be your favorite, but it's my favorite. And so that Black Mamba uniform comes back on Thursday to coincide with the statue unveiling. We're going to have as much coverage of it as we can right here on the Lakers Nation YouTube channel. I'm going to be getting footage from the event from editor extraordinaire Daniel Starkan. He's going to be sending it to me, so I'll be putting out as much as I can on the YouTube channel uh, showing the statue on Veiling. I love, by the way, that the Lakers have kept it so under wraps. Now, I haven't gone digging for anything like spoilers in terms of what the statue looks like. So I don't Maybe there's something out there that I haven't seen, but from what I can tell on the surface, like nobody knows what this thing looks like, what this statue looks like, what pose they went with or anything. And I think that's great. That's absolutely fantastic that we get to be you know, surprised. Uh, hopefully, hopefully they're able to you know, keep it all under wraps until the official unveiling. All right, let's get into what's going on around the trade deadline, though. And I, I put on the title here, trade deadline, because right now it is kind of a dud. Um, it's a staring contest. Now, is this is this abnormal? Is this different than what we see in, in most years? No, not really. Not really. Um, most years, it's there, there's this kind of calm before the storm. Now, the difference this year is I don't know that there's going to be a storm. That's the difference this year. It can still happen, for sure. It, it, I say it all the time, but it takes one phone call to completely change trade negotiations. And there's even a ripple effect across the league where two teams get a deal done that kind of comes from out of nowhere, and a bunch of other teams go, "Oh, we better do something too." And next thing you know, it you know that just has a domino effect across the league, and, and you get a few other deals that happen. So. That can happen, but as of right now, it seems like sellers asking prices are still too high. Buyers aren't willing to meet them, nor are buyers particularly inspired to meet them because who's out there? DeJounte Murray and yeah, that's about it. DeJounte Murray, right? I mean, there's other good players, but in terms of players that's, that are going to get teams excited, those guys already moved. Those guys were already traded. Pascal Siakam, OG Ananobi, James Harden, right? Manuel Quickly, RJ Barrett, on and on and on and on. Those guys already moved. Those deals were already done. So now, and by the way, I wrote all about this over on the Substack that Keith Smith and I started uh, called the Basketball Bulletin. Uh, if you guys wouldn't mind checking that out, uh, it's a great way to support us as well. The Basketball Bulletin, you can find over on Substack. You can find it on my my Twitter account, um, and I'll drop a little link down below too. But uh, but yeah, definitely check that out. But uh, this dynamic right now, it's not a good one for moves to actually get done. It's not. And I'm talking not just about the Lakers. I'm talking about around the NBA. 
Now, again, it's possible that a few teams do wind up having something of a fire sale right before the deadline. Again, the clock's ticking right now. It's possible that some teams start to come off their asking prices and that creates some movement. I think that that would be my prediction, actually, for what I think is going to happen. Now, that doesn't mean there's going to be this crazy flurry of trades, if I had to guess, and that's really all it is. Look, there's people out there that are extremely plugged in, that have a million sources, that are constantly on their phones, checking in with a million different people all the time. That's not me. Okay, just, just so we're clear. I hear a few things every now and then. I talk to a few people about stuff. It's not like I'm checking in with everybody across the NBA or I'm that that plugged in everywhere. It's not what I've ever presented myself to be. Um, nor do I necessarily want to be glued to multiple phones at, at, at all times. But from what I've heard, there is some sense that maybe there could be a few teams that drastically drop their asking price and that creates some movement ahead of the deadline. There could provide... Uh, that could provide some opportunity for teams like the Lakers to come in and actually get some deals done. But right now, the sellers are holding the line and buyers are not really stepping up because, again, they're just, they're not inspired to do so because the names that are out there, well, they're not inspiring. I mean, Dorian Finney-Smith, like, good player. Are you going to give up a bunch to get him? No, nah, probably not. You know, I mean, Royce O'Neal, good player. Are you going to give up a bunch to get him? No. DeJounte Murray is like the, you know, the, the biggest name out there. There's some backup centers out there. Andre Drummond is in high demand, but he's on a minimum salary. Is anybody like, is anybody saying, Hey, here's an unprotected first Chicago? No, <laughs> Chicago, Chicago is probably asking for it, but, but no. So that's kind of where this, this deadline is at. So I think we are, we're at risk of a true deadline this year. And last year was great especially from the Lakers' perspective, right? We got the Rui Hachimura trade. There was the Mo Bamba trade. Of course, the big uh, D'Angelo Russell trade that saw, uh, that saw Vando come in, that saw Malik Beasley, Russell Westbrook went out. Uh, Damian Jones, Juan Toscano-Anderson went out in that, in that trade too. So the Lakers had a bunch of moves last year at the trade deadline, and it made for a really exciting time. It doesn't seem like that's the way this is going. However, um, let's talk about what... What really happens if the Lakers don't make a move? So let's say the trade deadline comes and goes and the Lakers don't do anything. Well, first of all, I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think that's going to happen. I think that a move or two moves may be may get done. And again, it takes one... When we talk to Jante Murray, we talk about some of the other guys who are out there, it takes one phone call to change some of these talks. So even if it's slow right now, even if it's looking doubtful right now, that's okay. So I'm not saying... Nothing is happening. But if we go down that path where prices stay high and the Lakers just say, look, we're, we're not paying this. Okay. Atlanta, we're not giving you Austin Reeves. We're not doing it. Um, whoever else they're, they're trying to get, Hey, Dorian Finney Smith, we're not giving you multiple firsts or whatever, for, or unprotected first and a bunch of pick swaps or something for, for Dorian Finney Smith. He's good. We'd like to have him, but we're not, we're not going that far. Plus they have to add salary and all that. So, I do think the Lakers are going to do something, though, because it makes too much sense. It just might not be what you're hoping for. The Lakers are just slightly over the luxury tax right now. So I think that even in the event that the Lakers don't find a big trade, like a trade to help them win on the court, I think they will do something to shed salary. Uh, John Hollinger of The Athletic put out there the idea that the Lakers could attach a second-round pick to Christian Wood and get someone to take him on. 
onto their books and then sign uh, a prorated veteran minimum guy to replace him. Remember, you have to have at least 14 players on the roster. So it's not like they can just shed a salary. Um, Hollinger did note that if the Lakers were to do JHS and D'Lo for Murray as their salaries going out, that would also drop them below that luxury tax. Um, and and I, I've seen some fans who have kind of bristled at this notion. This is the Lakers. Why would, why would you be doing that? Are the Lakers just being cheap? Is that what's happening? I get it. I get it. And normally I'd be right there with you. Normally I'm the one saying, look, especially when we talk about like the Alex Caruso mistake and, and things like that, the Lakers are one of the most valuable sports sports franchises on the planet, right? Not in the NBA, on the planet. They should not be doing things to save a buck. They should not be doing things specifically to save money if it's going to hurt their on-court product. That said, we're talking about millions that you're swinging in, in a positive direction here by cutting, I want to say it's about 1.3-ish million dollars off your salary. You're going to save many, many millions more than that. And I'll, I'll, my buddy Keith Smith can probably figure out exactly how much they would save, but we're talking about a good chunk of money. And even if you're an organization like the Lakers, that's this valuable. When we're talking millions, if you can do something that's not going to drastically lower your ability to win a basketball game and, and still save that money, you're going to do it. You're going to do it. So I think that's what we're going to see. At the very least, we're going to see some type of move where the Lakers move off of a salary. Maybe it's something around Gabe Vincent. Uh, I know there have been some rumors out there about Gabe Vincent and Tyus Jones. I explained how that would kind of make sense from the Lakers' perspective. That's not enough salary going out for this season for the Lakers to save money on that uh, because Tyus Jones is at $14 million, Gabe Vincent's only at 10.5. You're actually taking on salary in that one. It would save some long-term salary, but um, I, I do think the offers for Tyus Jones may be a little bit too high for the Lakers right now. I, I do think that they'll do something, though to save a little bit of cash just to drop below that luxury tax, reset the repeater and off you go. Now, again, if there's a DeJounte Murray trade out there, great. If a Dorian Finney-Smith trade comes together, great. I just think that's, that's going to be the floor that at the very least we'll see the Lakers make some kind of trade that it's not going to make you go, Oh yes, championship. Here we come. It's not going to do that, but it'll be a strategic move. I think that's probably what we'll see now from there. What else happens? Okay. So no move. D'Angelo Russell stays the Laker, which I put out there on X um, yesterday. I said, like, my heart wants D'Angelo Russell to stay with the Lakers. My head, the analytics side of me says, you, you got to find a trade, right? You have to explore trades with them. But I think back to D'Lo last year, talking about how no place really feels like home for him because no team has ever really committed to him to say, you're our guy. He's constantly been one foot out the door everywhere he's been um, for his entire career. And I think that he has shown a real maturation. It's especially noticeable because the last time we saw him, he was much, much younger. And, and now he's just, he's grown up a lot. You look at the things that he's saying, these, his attitude, his approach to the game is very different than what we saw prior to this. And I like D'Angelo Russell. I like his skill set too. I think he's a, he's a good fit on the offensive end. He's a good fit. Yeah. Are there questions on, on the defensive side? Sure. 
will Austin Reeves and D'Angelo Russell as a starting backcourt work to win an NBA championship? I, honestly, I think they get picked on defensively too much. That's my honest answer. I think they get picked on defensively too much. And so if that if that's the bottom line, yeah, you probably have to try to find a trade. But if you can't find something that makes sense, Delo's played great. He's been great. He's racking up assists. Uh, he's he's putting in points. He's like top three, top four on the team in most categories since coming back into the starting lineup. He's been about as close to a third all-star caliber player as you can get without actually being an all-star, right? Um, that's what he's been. Like, people don't really... We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Like, recognize this enough. How good D'Angelo Russell has been since returning to the starting lineup. He's been fantastic. Has he had a couple of stinker games? Yeah, that's to be expected. He's also had some crazy heater games where he's gone off and deadline D'Lo has been a real thing and he's been giving this team uh, a real boost. So I won't be sad if D'Angelo Russell stays. And here's the thing with the Lakers. As much as you look at his contract and you say, look, the contract was signed to be traded. Yes, it was. Well, it would definitely, it was signed to be traded. There's no question. It gets a little messy this summer with that contract, that player option. But is it the worst thing ever? No. It's a little awkward to figure out what's going to happen. But if all you're hearing from teams around the NBA is that we're giving D'Lo no credit for the streak that he's on right now, and no credit for playing the way he is, we don't believe in it, and you better pay us to take him. If that's the sentiment out there, I'll deal with the awkwardness over the summer. If he opts out, you got to find a, a good deal for him. You got to pay him or, or sign and trade him, right? Those are your options with D'Angelo Russell this summer. You can't let him walk away for nothing. And that could get tricky for the Lakers. Could you wind up overpaying him? 
and then you've got a bad contract on your books. That's the danger. That's the danger that we're talking about. But the worst case scenario is he walks away for nothing. That's the worst case, right? If he picks up his player option, oh my goodness. Like based on the way he's playing right now, that would be, as Rob Polinka would say, manna from heaven. That'd be incredible if you were to pick that up and be an 18.6-ish million dollar expiring contract. But it's not enough of an awkward situation, of a bad spot to be in for the Lakers to move on from him, especially when he's playing like this. Especially when, at least on the offensive end, he's a fit with this team. Is he a fit defensively? No. And are there concerns about the playoffs? Yeah, sure. But at some point, the price to get something else instead, to get a DeJounte Murray or something, it's just it becomes too great. It becomes too great. So you hang on to D'Angelo Russell. You keep the team as is. And you hope that what we saw from this team in the in-season tournament, what we saw from this team, the fire we saw from them in Boston, the improved play of late is real. And that come playoff time, you will get back a healthy Jared Vanderbilt. Fingers crossed. Hopefully we get continue to get good news there. And come playoff time, the chemistry, the consistency will outweigh some of the concerns that you have. Are there still going to be issues? Yeah, because look, even the Vando lineup, which I think is the Lakers' best option right now if you were healthy, that's still going to get picked on by opposing teams in the playoffs. It just is. Um, we saw it last year in the playoffs. So do they have some fatal flaws? Probably. Yeah, probably. But there's not that guy out there, aside from DeJounte Murray, and we'll see if the Hawks want to play ball or not. But, and even he... It, when D'Lo's on a heater, you can question, is DeJounte Murray giving you more than what D'Lo gives you right now? So how much does that really move the needle? So all of that has to be factored in. The Lakers would be banking on chemistry, consistency. They'd be banking on LeBron, AD, getting to the playoffs healthy, probably play in. We'll see how things play out in the Western Conference. So far, West teams, they just refuse to lose. They just keep winning and winning and winning. The Bucs couldn't beat the Suns last night. Uh, we have even... We needed the Thunder to beat the Jazz, and the Jazz got the win. Killing me. But I'm, I'm keeping track of this stuff every day over on X at Trevor underscore Lane. But the Lakers would go in to the playoffs, still with LeBron and AD, two of the very best, and we know what they can do when they turn it up. That's where they would be. And there would still be the buyout market. Remember, those teams that are above the, those tax aprons, they can't go sign players that had deals that were above the mid-level exception. So like if Kyle Lowry gets bought out, the Lakers could get him. Other teams like the Celtics, like the Suns, like the Clippers can't. They're forbidden. Um, should Gordon Hayward get bought out? It doesn't sound like he's going to. But if Gordon Hayward gets bought out, it's another guy they could go get. So there's, there's going to be some opportunities, I think, to land some players on the buyout market as well. And so maybe you can add a little bit of firepower there. And then off you go. You make your minor move to save a little bit of money. You drop below the luxury tax. This is the Lakers team moving forward. And let's roll. Let's get to the playoffs with a healthy LeBron and AD. And let's see what happens. That would be the plan. That would be the plan right now. And then you go into the summer with potentially three first-round picks. I put it out there on X why I don't think that's that shouldn't be the optimal strategy. 
And I think mostly it's, I, I don't think the idea that the three first round picks plus whatever players the Lakers can offer, I, I don't think that's enough to get a true star. So if the expectation is, well, if we have three picks available in 2029 and 2031, as well as either 2024 or 2025, uh, that plus players, is that really going to be enough to get a true star that hits the market? If it's Donovan Mitchell, if it's Trey Young, somebody along those lines, I have a hard time believing the Lakers wouldn't be outbid. I think they would be. Maybe I'm wrong. And if I'm wrong, great. But if that's, if that's the, the path that we're selling that, well, keep those three picks and then you can use them the next summer. I don't know that that's going to happen. And then again, are, are you risking the wrath of LeBron if you aren't able to make the move right now? It's one thing if you say, look, the deals are really bad, LeBron. We'd be really hurting the team if we did. The, these are only bad trades. Remember, no trade is better than a bad trade. I say it all the time. So there's that aspect of this too where if you're the Lakers right now, you know you might have a cranky LeBron if you don't do anything at the trade deadline. But if the right deal isn't there, it isn't there. The three picks, I don't think the expectation should be that they're definitely going to get a star this summer with those three picks because that could lead to some disappointment as well. And then what does that mean for LeBron with his player option and all of that? Like that that puts us into, again, a pretty, pretty tough predicament. But... Bottom line, if the Lakers don't make a move, is the sky falling? Not necessarily. No. It would be different if we said, man, all the Lakers have to do, all the Lakers have to do is go and get this guy. This guy, like Donovan Mitchell is right there and he's telling the Cavs he only wants to be a Laker. And the Cavs, they just want the Lakers to put Austin Reeves into the deal and they're refusing or something like that. Like if that was the situation we were in right now, then I would get it. If fans weren't upset and they'd be like, like what are, what are we doing? A, a true bonafide superstar is the deal's ready to go. And we're not doing that. That's where I can get people being upset. Like LeBron would be frustrated with the team in that, in that situation. Right. That's not the situation we're looking at here. That's not the world that we're living in right now, this trade deadline. So I think there will be disappointment if the Lakers don't make a move that that seriously improves their team. Certainly, uh, fans typically are disappointed. But given the market and the way it's set up, I don't think we can be too upset, especially with how bad it seems like the deals are with what sellers are asking for. And then on top of that, again, I like the added flexibility of three picks, but I think we're setting ourselves up for potentially more disappointment if we're dead set on, okay, they have three picks. They have to turn those three picks into a superstar. I wouldn't be banking on that necessarily happening. Doesn't even doesn't mean they can't make other tweaks and things to improve the roster. They certainly can, but that I don't think that's what should be sold as, well, no, the Lakers believe they're getting a star. If it happens, great, but yeah, I don't know if I'd actually be going there either. So that's where we're at right now. With the, with the trade deadline or the trade deadline. Um, I do need to get into the mailbag. But first, let me give a shout out to uh, our sponsor. And that is Doer Jeans. Um, Doer Jeans are, they're absolutely fantastic. Okay, look. So <laughs> with these, the ad reads 
that we do sometimes that, that I do sometimes um, for a lot of these, like, I really appreciate it. I, I get, you know, key points to hit and things like that from these companies, just full transparency. I'll get key points to hit things to talk about all that sort of stuff. Uh, and some of them are really, really important. Like for some of the, some of the companies that we do ads for, they're really important. That's very specific things. Very specific language gets used. Um, these are jeans and they're great jeans. And I, I literally have been wearing these jeans um, for probably a couple of months now. So you know what? Let me let me just tell you guys about these jeans. So I, I think the best way, in fact, I can even show you. If you're watching over on YouTube, let me show you what, what these look like. So these jeans, doer jeans, I, I, I truly do love them. This Again, this is not... Forget the ad read. These jeans are fantastic. They These are my daily jeans. I think the best thing I can say about Dewar jeans is they've now become like my, my daily driver, if we want to call them that, jeans. They are, it's to the point where I've got I've got two pairs of Dewar jeans. Okay, so here's the, the Dewar website, right? Um, you come over here, look for men, category jeans. Okay. So I've got I've got two pairs of jeans. Uh they are both this one, the performance denim relaxed taper. And I've got them in this color, which they call a title, this kind of lightish blue, and then I've got them in in black. So this is these are the jeans that I have and that I wear like if you see me out in out in public somewhere, you run into me somewhere, and I'm wearing jeans, I'm I can almost guarantee I'm going to be wearing these. It's to the point where I don't wear my other jeans anymore. Before I got Dewar jeans, I had a few different kinds of jeans that I would wear. I no longer wear those. And it, it it's kind of funny. Like I actually now will do laundry rather than have to wear my other jeans. Like I will, I will wash my Dewar jeans and so I can have them back so I can wear them again. And I think a big part of it is they're just super, super comfortable. Like I'm, I don't care that much about look. But these really look good. They do look good. And they're super comfortable. I literally wear them around the house. Typically, I would like go change into some sweats or something like that for hanging around, hanging out around the house. These I don't just because they're super flexible and uh, and super soft. So that it's not a huge difference. They're just extremely comfortable just to hang out and and wear. So uh, again, in terms of personal endorsement, yeah, like I, I literally wear these every single day. Go check them out, shopdoer.com slash Lakers Nation. I, I should get this this part of it right to make sure you guys understand the offer that they're giving you and everything. So you Dewar actually has a flagship store in LA and in Denver. So you guys can go check it out. You can also just go to shopdoer.com slash Lakers Nation. You get 15% off when you use that code, shopdoer.com slash Lakers Nation. It's a great deal. Again, 15% off, shopdoer.com slash Lakers Nation. And again, no, I, I literally wear these every day. They're great. I think you will love them. They're a great sponsor for the show. Go check them out. I think that's the best thing that I can tell you about, uh, about doer jeans at this point. Okay. That was a little unscripted ad read for you guys there. Let's get into the mailbag. Let's check it out. 
Oh, the plop gifted a Lakers Nation membership, which I always appreciate. Very cool to see people gifting memberships to each other. Our channel membership, uh, it's a lot of fun. We've got uh, some cool perks that we're offering. So check it out if you haven't yet, that join button. We do uh, weekly live shows too for all our channel members to come in and hang out and uh, and talk Lakers basketball, like come on stage and talk and everything. It's fun. Uh, Jonathan said, really, I only feel like a trade is needed because we have too many players that need significant minutes to thrive. Thoughts? Uh, I mean, like Rui needs significant minutes to, to really thrive sure, and guys need significant opportunities. Yeah, I mean, it's tough to find a lot of guys where they don't necessarily need minutes and they can still step in and just give give you everything that you need. I mean, like I think back to 2010 game seven, Sasha Vujicic coming in cold, didn't play much that game and then steps to the free throw line and hits two clutch free throws. There's not a lot of guys around the NBA that are like that, that can just come into a game cold, make an impact, and then and then walk off. So that that's tough. So if that's the the qualifier, that it has to be somebody that doesn't need major minutes and can still make an impact, that's kind of tough to find. But I get what you're saying. Um, there are a lot of players who uh, on the Lakers who kind of need to be in a rhythm. You need to focus some of your game plan on making sure that player gets touches. And that's a fair concern. Bobby said 40 minutes on LeBron against a banged up Hornets team. What was he doing playing in the first place? I get, I mean, the Lakers needed to make sure they won that game, finished the road trip four and two. So I get that. Yes. The minutes on LeBron are, are concerned, especially against a, like you said, a banged up Hornets team. That's the downside of course, to that win. But the important part is they got the win. They got the win. Um, I, it was very much a trap game, and we saw the trap game go into effect late in that game. The Lakers took their foot off the gas pedal. The Hornets got hot from three, and next thing you know, LeBron and AD had to play extra minutes just to make sure that they didn't accidentally lose that game. Uh, Matty Med said, thoughts on Chris Dunn? I, I think if they are really looking for a defensive guard, he's a pretty good option. I wouldn't mind them going with somebody like him, but I, I don't think he's super high on their list either. Uh, the plop. Oh, he asked a question to Scorpio Sky, and um, he did answer that question live on the show. Mamba Mentality gifted a, another Lakers Nation membership there. Uh, Cam Whitmore is nice. 20 to 30 points per game coming. Dictavius Harvey is, yes, I know, Lakers fans. We're all keeping an eye on Cam Whitmore, on Jaime Jaquez, and all the other players that the Lakers could have taken instead of Jalen hood Shafino. And that's just that's the way it goes with the draft. I know there were other players that people wanted. I I specifically did a video or maybe it was a podcast where I talked about why Jalen Huchifino was not the guy that I was hoping to see the Lakers draft. And that's not because I'm some draft expert. Just his skill set seemed like not as good of a fit as some other players would be. But um, again, the Lakers historically have done really well in the draft. They've done well. So. I think this summer league, this year's summer league, is going to be the critical juncture here for the Lakers. I, I really think that's going to be the the important part here for for the Lakers and for Jalen Huchifino. He needs to show real growth, and he should look like a guy like Max Christie did this last summer. He should look like a guy who does not belong at summer league. If he's still a Laker, we'll see if he survives the trade deadline. Mark said, "What Kobe statue style do you like or think will be?" I would like to see GG incorporated into it somehow. I, I think Kobe, the iconic standing on the announcer's table and celebrating with the crowds, uh, where in the crowd in LA where he's got his arms out in the game seven uh, and he's got the basketball and he's and he's yelling. 
that is that's probably the moment I remember the most about Kobe. So I'm kind of hoping that's what we see. You could do Kobe shooting a jumper. You could do Kobe running down the court with the ball, that giant grin on his face after beating the Celtics. I mean, there's lots of different moments you could use. I do hope Gigi will be incorporated into it though as well. Uh, Jano sir, or Yano said, great last three wins on this road trip. AD was amazing. Good minutes from Max again. Hope he'll be able to get better and be in the rotation for the playoffs. Yeah, I think especially with Jared Vanderbilt out, they're really going to have to use Max Christie even more. That's going to become even more important. I do think he is going to continue to develop. Uh, and I think as a restricted free agent, he is definitely assuming they don't trade him, uh, which you never know. But I, I think he's definitely a guy they should keep around uh, for the long term. So I would be trying to, if I'm the Lakers, I'm trying to do a long-term deal with Max Christie this summer. If I'm Max Christie's reps, I'm probably trying to include some sort of player option or a shorter term deal because if he really gets going, he's, he could get a, a pretty big paycheck. I mean, not like he's going to be a superstar or anything like that, but I, I think high-level role player is what we're looking for for Max Christie, and particularly if he can play, if he can be a 3 and D guy, which is exactly what he projects to be, those kind of guys tend to get paid. Rob said, it's important for the Lakers to figure it out defensively. Vando won't see minutes in the playoffs past the first round. You know, if teams are able to play him off the floor with his offensive shortcomings, it's it's a fair concern. But yes, the Lakers do need to figure it out defensively. That was what the what separated them last year. Post-trade deadline was they became an elite defensive team. Can they find that again with this group? I don't know. They've been a kind of a mediocre middle-of-the-pack team defensively. I think they can be good, but that is on the the side of an argument for a trade that look their superpower last year was their defense. It's not there this year. You need to change this. You need to change something. If you're going to reignite that superpower again, but again, if the trade's not there, it's not there. We'll see. Lake show. Joe said could have been six and oh, but I'll take four and two. Keep this core Rob. Yeah. You know, it's interesting on, on one hand, you can really look at this both ways. The Lakers winning these games and we're going four and two on the road trip could be, they could be interpreted by the front office as, well, cool, we're winning games. See, we don't need to make a major move. We're good. Let's keep our draft capital. You could also go the other way with it and go, see, this team's actually pretty good. They just need a little push. Let's go out there and let's get somebody that can boost them to that next level. How is the front office actually going to interpret it? Well, we'll see. Chris. Said he was at the game tonight. Oh, cool. Uh, must have been a little stressful there in the building. Glad we could close the road trip with a win. AD, definitely superstar of the night. Yeah, Anthony Davis was incredible. He's been so good. So good. I've already ranted about how dumb it is for people to say that he doesn't deserve to be an all-star. It's ridiculous. Tomas said, which players could be available on the buyout market? My most optimistic scenario would be to get Biombo and Lowry. Well, Biombo's already out there. So he's a guy you can get anyway. Lowry uh, is a guy who will probably be out there. Some of the buyout guys, though, won't be revealed really until after the trade deadline. Teams don't want to buy anybody out before the trade deadline because they'd be kick kicking themselves if they bought out somebody and then a trade opportunity came right at the deadline and they needed a big veteran expiring contract and they just bought a guy out. So they aren't going to look at buyouts until after the trade deadline. So that's that's when it'll become more clear who's going to become available. And I'll be honest, I haven't taken a really in-depth look around the league because I've been mostly focused on uh, the trade deadline. Kaleidoscope 
said something to take note of is how much DeJounte's defense has fallen off since the Spurs days. Seems to never get mentioned during trade talks. Yeah, no, I mean, it has been mentioned. It's been mentioned a lot. Um, he's not the defensive player that he was with San Antonio. Yes, that's a concern. There are players, though, where they go to a different system and that reignites some of that skill set. I do wonder if that would happen with the Lakers, particularly if he knows that what he's being brought in to do is be a defender. Would that help things? Would his defense, I mean, obviously his defense is going to look better when he's got Anthony Davis behind him. A lot of players have talked about that. In fact, I believe Alex Caruso has a great quote about this uh, somewhere years ago about how having Anthony Davis behind him allowed him to be much more aggressive defensively. He's pretty sure it was Caruso. And, and that made him a better defensive player. I wonder if DeJounte Murray would have a similar sense, right? Like, it's not Clint Capella, but he's not bad, but it's not Clint Capella behind you. It's Anthony Davis. Like, what does that do to Murray's defense? I think it's a fair question to ask. But yes, I mean, the defense has not been as good as it was with San Antonio. Uh, Mike said AD with the triple-double. Just what we needed. Yep, for sure. For sure. AD, the big triple double. He's been he's passing out of double teams. I mean, this man is doing this man's doing everything. It's amazing. Okay. Um, I did say that I had a little personal note here at, at the end. Um, and I and I stuck this at the end specifically because real ones, you guys are the ones that are that are hanging around till till now, till all the way to the end of the show. Um a lot of you know this already, and X informs people of this too, but today is actually my birthday. Um, and people remember it. I've already had a bunch of people messaging me and telling me, hey, Wednesday's your birthday, right? Because last year, I predicted that LeBron James was going to break the scoring record on February 7th. That, that was going to happen. I predicted it, predicted it like months in advance. And people were curious as to why, and then they kind of figured out, oh, you figured he's going to do it on your birthday. I said, yeah, that's exactly it. And that's exactly what happened. He broke the scoring record uh, on my birthday. I figured LeBron's going to be on the verge of breaking the scoring record on my birthday to make sure that I can't take my birthday off. Um, this year, obviously, it's the night before the trade deadline. I, there's no way. Um, there's no way, obviously, I'm taking that off. My wife already asked me, you know, do you want to go out to dinner or something like that? I said, no, no, no. Let's, let's wait until the weekend. We'll go out to dinner this weekend we'll, and we'll do something. I'll be wearing my doer jeans um, and we'll and we'll go out to dinner. But you know, that that really got me got me thinking though. Like I, I don't feel like I'm missing out on anything. You know what I mean? Like it's my birthday, but I wouldn't rather be doing anything else. I mean, of course, I always want to spend time with family and everything, and I but I know I'm gonna get to do that this weekend. And I'm so fired up and excited for, for the trade deadline. I guess what I'm trying to say is thank you guys for letting me do this, for letting me do something where I'm have where I I'm going to be working all day. It's going to be crazy. I'm exhausted already as it is, as I'm recording this. But for letting me do something where I'm going to be working a crazy long day on my birthday, and it's awesome. It, it That does not in no way... Is that a sad thing? In no way does that bum me out. In no way does that like, frustrate me. And again, I know I'm going to get to celebrate with my family uh, next weekend, but that's a pretty cool thing. That's a pretty cool thing. And, and I think it got me thinking a little bit to, 
I used to teach a, a career class, a class on and telling kids, you know, the kids figuring out what kind of careers they might want. Just starting to think, starting to think about the process. What is it that they want to do? And one of the things that I would often talk about with them is that there's two different kinds of tired. And maybe, maybe this matters to you. By the way, if you guys are looking for more basketball talk, that's that's not coming. That part of that part of the show is over. But maybe this is you. Okay. There's two different kinds of tired. This is from my experience. There's a tired that you get from doing a job that you hate. There's a tired that you get from doing a job that you hate. And that kind of tired is crushing. That kind of tired that what you're just doing it because you have to pay the bills. It's there's some nobility to it, right? To doing what you need to do to support your family, doing what you need to do to support yourself, right? And for a lot of people, that's that's reality, right? That's just, that's the way it is. But it's a different kind of tired that you feel when you're not fulfilled, you're not satisfied with what you're doing, you're not enjoying what it is that you're doing. That is a very different feeling. I've had jobs like that. I've worked jobs like that. I, I ran a childcare center at one point, long time ago, during the during the Great Recession. That was all I could find. Um, it was a tough time, and that was. Ooh, I could I could go on for a while about why that and the kids were not why, but why that was was such a rough time. Um, and then there's jobs that you're tired, you're exhausted, but you love it. You still feel tired. You still feel worn out. That doesn't change. But mentally, it's a completely different feeling. And I guess I wanted to share that. You know, I talk to students about that all the time, about why it's so important to figure it out, figure out what it is that you really want to do and what it is you need to do to make that happen. Whatever that career is, it, for some people, it may be sitting at a desk, crunching numbers all day. That might be their heaven. That may be their favorite thing ever. For other people, it might be, that might be hell for them. They might want to be outside all day, every day, walking on the move. For some people, it's, I want to be, I want to talk to a thousand people a day. For some people, it's, I want to talk to zero people a day. What it is that suits you, well, that's up to everybody to figure out. But once you do, once you find that, once you figure out what it is that really clicks for you, you know because you're tired, but you still love it. You still love it. It's a different kind of tired. It's a different feeling. And so I would encourage you, if you're that person right now that that's tired and is doing something that they don't love, that's tired and not fulfilled, you're not satisfied with what, what you're doing, Consciously think about what what is it that what is it that I need in order to find something that not only pays the bills but also is satisfying. That also makes me tired in a good way. Makes me tired and leaves me feeling good at, at the end of the day. It's important. It's important and for everybody. It, it may be something very very different, but I would encourage you to to. Trying to figure that out. If that's not where you're at right now. And if it is, then you know what I'm talking about. And you can just, you can smile along with me. But for me, on, on my birthday, 
thank you guys for letting me do something that is exhausting, that keeps me up bizarre hours, that has me jumping every time my phone goes off, but that also lets me interact with so many of you about something that we're all so passionate about. And that's this team, and that's the Lakers, and that's the NBA, and getting to do this, getting to do what it is that I love. So, again, thank you to all of you. Um, and I, I hope that, I hope you all find something and have something um, that makes you as happy as getting to do this for all of you makes me. All right, enough of the sappy stuff. Appreciate all of you, truly do. Make sure that you do subscribe to the YouTube channel. If anything breaks, I'm going to be right on top of it. I'm not going anywhere. I'm not doing anything. I'm going to be on top of any breaking news that comes out. I'm going to look at everything through purple and gold lenses, figure out what it means for the Lakers moving forward. Everybody, I'm going to be checking around with everybody I know, trying to see what's going on around the trade deadline. So make sure you turn on those notifications. Um, and then, again, if you guys want to follow me on social media, at Trevor underscore Lane on X, at Trevor Lane NBA on Instagram and threads. Till next time, everybody. See ya and stay safe. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Mail checks, invoices, documents, and everything you need to keep your business running. Get rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS. And with the mobile app, you can take care of mailing on the go. Make the same no-brainer decisions as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.